So fun. So excited to be here on the first, I guess, Elevate with Joe podcast episode. I'm not even sure in this moment if this podcast is going to be called Elevate with Joe because there might be a more SEO friendly title that I give it. But nevertheless, I'm Johanna and I'm excited to be here. I've been thinking about a podcast for many, many months now. And just in the last couple weeks, I've really been getting the intuitive push to do it. And there were so many fears coming up for me. And so this episode is going to be called Drop the Struggle, might be called Drop the Motherfucking Struggle or Drop the Fucking Struggle because Uh, In my personal development journey and in the last months, I've really, really seen in myself and in others how much we choose to suffer. And this really landed deeply for me, actually, in a plant medicine ceremony when I had this realization that Earth, the Earth experience and the experience we get to have here just has suffering as an option. And in some of the higher levels of consciousness experience, suffering actually isn't even an option, but on earth we get suffering as an option so we can choose it in a lot of ways or we can not choose it. And also just before recording this, I was watching a TikTok video and he was talking about stoicism and one of the main principles there said something along the lines of, don't choose suffering when it's not necessary, basically, which is something we do all the time by projecting our thoughts and our worries into the future. So as I said, this podcast is a brand new, we're going to be talking about dropping the struggle, but before we get too far into it, I (laughs) wanted to, I guess, speak into some fears that I had in starting this creative endeavor because I have a, a pretty significant background in online marketing. And when I think about podcasting, I immediately think about all the reasons why it doesn't work and it doesn't generate income. And ultimately, I've realized that this is not what I need this podcast to do. I don't need this podcast to generate income at all, although I may share some of my offerings here and there. What I know this podcast is for me is a place for me to express in a long form way. I I found it recently really hard to create things that are succinct enough for the attention span that people have on Instagram and TikTok. And when I'm in conversations with people, I am usually not long-winded, but I have, I want to make sure that the topics that I discuss are explained thoroughly. So here we are. And even in that, I like to try not to be a long rambling person, but to be as articulate as I can. So literally in the moments leading up to this, I was meditating because last night there was my own higher self voice, which to me sounds like my own voice screaming in my head podcast. Like I was asking some question in my head, podcast. The answer is podcast. And I'm like, okay, I get it. But then when I actually seriously think about it, all of these thoughts come up for why it doesn't work. And so I was meditating and I just ended up feeling very frustrated. And I was like, okay, I'm going to let myself speak out these thoughts and speak out my desires and see where I'm contradicting myself and then go from there. And from there I pulled a card and I love the Oracle card deck called Sacred Rebels Oracle by Alana Fairchild. And I pulled a card that I remember that I've pulled a couple times before. And in this context, my question was, give give me some information to help me basically blow open the door on this podcast. Um, Something that will just, you know, help me launch into it in this moment. And so this card I pulled is called Legacy of Light. It's card number seven in the deck. And I just want to read to you one thing from the description. And it's saying, the Oracle of Legacy of Light comes to you when you need confirmation that a creative choice you are making will soon or will soon make is one that is in alignment with your sacred purpose and spiritual path of healing and growth. The legacy of light cannot be ignored without some detriment to your sense of well-being. So that alone was enough for me to say, okay, I'm literally setting this up right now. 
and we're recording something. And then I sat with my intuition a little longer, thought about what to record. And I was thinking the only thing on my mind right now is how frustrated I've been with this internal battle of the podcast. Uh, And even though I have all these other ideas of where I want the podcast to go, which was another reason that it was holding me back, the the, uh, intuitive hit that I got was to just talk about this concept of dropping the struggle. So that is how we have arrived in this moment today. Like I said, this is a this is an unorganized like start. Um, but here we are, and I'm happy to be here and expressing. And I hope that you will subscribe and stick around. So huh, let's talk about how we choose to struggle when we find ourselves caught up in feeling stuck, feeling overwhelmed feeling anxious sometimes, feeling like we are noticing that we are procrastinating, often there is an element within us that is choosing that struggle or that suffering because other something else feels like it will be more unsafe or more of a struggle. So for example, even if we are living day to day in a way that we know is not for our highest good, we are still surviving. And this is something that I talk about a lot with my clients. Because you're surviving, the part of your body that only cares about being alive or the part of your um, brain and nervous system that only cares about being alive will say, this is good enough because I'm not dying. So it's okay if we keep living this way, even if it feels very complacent, even if it feels bare minimum, even if it's choices that are outright harming you, you're not dying. And if you're not feeling maybe even immense amount of physical pain, it's actually hard to make a change because part of your survival or your whole survival system is saying, I'm not dead, so it's fine. We might as well stay here because I am comfortable here. And then we think of what the alternatives are, and sometimes they seem painful or they seem scary. And so we choose to struggle in this internal battle with ourselves of, I want to choose that thing, but, 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 but all of these fears. And so we stay in this other place that also feels like a struggle as well. And oftentimes we are so caught up in the fear thoughts and the struggle thoughts that we don't actually see that that's what we are entangled in. So in my experience, one of the best practices that you can cultivate is not just a meditation practice, but a meditation practice where you connect to yourself. So all of us, when we are born, we are born as very compassionate, loving, open-minded, present beings. And soon after that, we are introduced to the concept and the availability of struggle and suffer. And a lot of that can be largely completely out of our control. It is the energy we are met with by the first people that are in our human experience. And they are going to largely shape our stories about what the world is and what, what, how people are and how we should be. And so it can be a far reach to find our way back to this place within ourselves. And this place is also what I believe most personal development people, most spiritual mentors are helping us to find our way back to in their own different ways. Nevertheless, this place is within you. And if you've ever had a situation of connecting to your higher self, or even just feeling really present and grounded in your body and open and loving and capable, then you know that this place is within you. So whenever I notice myself getting caught up in these distractive struggle situations, like I said, procrastination, overwhelm, feeling like I don't know what to do next. All of those are just fear and overwhelm, like mixing together in our head and and it's our mind in its own panic and trying to stop us from doing something that we want to do. And it's all of this like knotted spider web that's actually only 
in front of us as the observer or in front of us as the being that is watching it all happening. And if though if you haven't heard those concepts through meditation, it's okay. But just think back to what I said, like there is this core version of you that's very grounded, that feels safe, that feels present, that feels capable, that feels creative. And I can imagine that you've tapped into those moments in different ways in your life, whether it's Um, a moment of being with friends and family and realizing this is all that fucking matters or being in such a creative flow that you completely lost track of time or feeling peaceful enough when you're lying in bed at night that you can feel satisfied uh, from that day or even just doing one big task that you thought was going to take a lot longer than it did or you thought was going to be harder than it did and feeling the relief in that. It's that sort of openness and feeling of safety and capability that we want to find our way back to when we are in these struggle loops. But until we slow down to make the space for that to happen, it won't happen. The mind is way too good at what it does, and the mind wants to have us on high alert for all of the potential ways things could go wrong, or things could not be right, or rejection might happen, or whatever fears we have. So we have to, as the conscious being within ourselves, slow down and make time and make space to look at those thoughts and hear our mind out. I, I see a lot of value in, in listening to the mind and saying, okay, have your, have your peace. Let me know what's going on here. Well, this podcast, you know, I'm scared that I'm going to say something and I'm going to get canceled because someone's going to take it the wrong way, or I'm not educated enough to speak on these topics. And so people are going to think that I don't know what I'm talking about, or Everyone already knows everything I'm talking about, so they're not going to want to listen to me. And I just let my mind say all those things. And what I'm hearing are classic, classic limiting beliefs and classic imposter syndrome beliefs that I work with in my clients. So when I can notice that within myself, I can say, okay, I can logically reason myself out of this by by concepts that I might bring into conversation with clients. Like just because a market is, just because there's a lot of relationship coaches in the market means there's a market. It doesn't mean it's oversaturated. And I know that we resonate with different people based on the frequencies that they are operating in. So I am operating on probably infinite different frequencies and wavelengths that you on some level can pick up on, whether it's through my words or my body language, if you're watching the video version of this or my facial expressions, but largely It is an energetic transmission of who I am meeting who you are. And so on some level, some people are going to be able to sense that there's something there that they feel inclined or intrigued to listen to what I have to say. And lots of people will never find their way here and will completely skip over it. Pardon the WhatsApp notification sound. So by creating that space for me to actually consciously, presently listen to my mind instead of just trying to fight it and say, I don't want these thoughts. I want to do this podcast. It's all I made the space for it. And from here, I can connect to the centered, grounded part of myself and I can move forward. And still, it took meditation. It took pulling a card and getting a little extra push from the universe. But we made it. The second invitation here when it comes to dropping the struggle so that you can drop into creativity and flow and openness and trust, 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 drop into that is to notice where your mind projects potential outcomes that are completely unnecessary. When I watch my mind, I'm sometimes thinking of things that will literally never occur or that have nothing to do with me. I think of the potential outcomes of other people's problems or other people's life 
based on what I saw on social media or heard in a conversation, or I think about things that will literally never happen. And often I think about things that are way more relevant to what I actually have going on, but still probably won't happen. And if I could get a calculation printout of how much time I spend doing this, I would probably be even more devastated <laughs> than I already am every time I notice it happening. But it really is a discipline to be able to notice when our mind is forward projecting or holding on to pain from the past in an attempt to create control. So of course, our mind and our ego is really, really often caught up in control. This is a probably a lifelong practice to continue to disconnect from when control isn't even needed. So there's a lot of situations, for example, in, in my relationship right now where I am used to and have been a very independent leader type female, and I am. And there's a part of me that deeply craves to be led, to have someone else make the decisions because actually I don't want to do that. I can do it in my business, but I don't want to do it all the time. However, when that's actually happening, there's a part of me that's going, this is unsafe. What if this happens? What if, what if he makes the wrong choice? What if, what if he doesn't do it the way I want to? And that's just part of my ego trying to gain control. So there's so many of those examples where it actually doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what restaurant we go to. It doesn't matter how this group conversation is titled or was started in all these little ways my mind wants to grab for control again. So much of it can just be completely dropped. And then there might be some harder ones that feel like it's a big deal. It might feel like it's really important to remember this or think about this because what if this happens, then I'm going to have a huge mess to deal with if this thing actually goes this wrong. But the reality is I can't deal with the mess until it actually happens. So by thinking about what if this thing goes wrong now, unless there is an actual opportunity to deal with it or make the foundation or the structure better, there's no use in thinking about it. And if you take some time and take some inventory on how many times you have these forward projection or past remembering thoughts, you'll realize it takes up a lot of your time. And when I find myself in these places, I just come back to the present moment and I come back to myself again and I find that centered place within myself and I remind myself, I don't need to think about that right now. And sometimes I imagine these thoughts rolling off of me like pretty little marbles and just falling onto the street behind me or falling away from me. And in that, I let them go. You can have any sort of visualization you want to allow these thoughts to just float away. I had mentioned briefly how we hold on to thoughts from the past. And again, of course, it's a way for our survival system to say, hey, remember when that happened? Remember when that happened? Um, you should be careful. We don't want to get into that situation again. What if that's like this? What if this guy is like that? What if this situation is like that situation? What if this client is like that situation? And the elevation opportunity here is to remember that we have consciousness beyond our survival response, but beyond our primal animal reptilian brain, however people say it, we have more intelligence than that. But we have to be able to work with this part of us that's very loud and very naggy, and we have to train that part instead of it just completely running us and running the show. And a lot of the way that it uh, communicates with us, that our mind communicates with us, is based on everything that's living in our subconscious, which is a lot of beliefs and stories and belief systems and the result of neural pathways that we developed when we were very young. I'm not going to go into this topic right now. I'll do an entire other podcast that is just about the subconscious and what subconscious reprogramming actually means when people are talking about that and how to actually do it. But for now, I just want to say that the reason that we sometimes hold on to painful memories of the past is because we are trying to protect ourselves. And I 
used to be someone who really loved to indulge in it. And I still feel the pull and the desire and this like yearning within me that wants to get lost in the sadness and like remind myself of how painful that was and just feel the pain and be with the pain and listen to sad songs that remind me of the pain and play memories like a video montage in my head of how painful that was. And it actually feels good because when I do it, it makes me feel on some level, it feels like I'm creating a a false sense of safety and control because the more details I remember the pain, the less part of me perceives it will happen again. And at the same time, it's just completely dragging me down into a low spiral that comes with thoughts of whatever belief I have about that situation, which is probably based on the situation itself and not based on what reality really has to offer me. So if I keep getting sucked back into past loops, for example, relationship loops, then I hold on to the belief that all partners are going to be a certain way, or in my case, as a cis straight woman, all men are going to be a certain way. And that's basically not helpful for me to change the pattern at all. So when I notice these past painful thoughts coming up, instead of indulging in it, listening to things that put me into that exact emotional response that again, on some level feels safe, but it's not a level for growth. I just let it go. I try and let it go the best I can. And of course I'm human. And this has been an ongoing practice for three years. I've been deep, deep, deep into personal development. And that journey has naturally developed as so many do through health and fitness and healthy habits being the primary thing that I thought was personal development, then into basically productivity and things like habit tracking and mind hacks and trying to really be in control of time and, and super, uh, yeah, productive and successful, those kind of habits into the corner of personal development that is more self-awareness, really looking at our behavior, my behaviors, my patterns, and learning tools for how I can work with that and manipulate that, which is really what is changing my experience super rapidly. It's changing the type of people I attract. It's changing the way that I show up in the world. It's changing the way I feel about myself and my body, um, changing my level of connection to my intuition. And it's an ongoing practice to drop the struggle in order to get those benefits. I'm going to cut it off here. I hope that this has been valuable. It's been fun for me to kind of tap into all of these different corners of this topic that have been floating around in my mind, trying to connect to what I think would be the most insightful for you. And I can tell you that in the next two episodes, I'm pretty sure the topics are going to be around subconscious reprogramming. Like I said, what the subconscious actually is, how we start to work with it, and also more about my plant medicine journey and what I learned about control and self-worth in the last ceremonial plant experience that I had. So looking forward to connecting with you over that. And if you're listening to this episode and made it all this way, I would love for you to reach out to me and let me know. My Instagram is J-O-H-H-H-A-N-N-A. And if you're watching the video version of this, then of course you can just comment below. Thank you so much. Chat soon.